Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. 1 Samuel 17 is where we're studying confrontation. Woo, people don't like confrontation. There are things in our lives we need to confront so that we don't live with them long enough that they confront us. Amen. What you don't change will change you. And so here in this story, and you know, that's amazing. What's amazing about this story is that all the religions of the world include it in their canon of whatever they have, like a, you know, like in the Quran and other, that's all, everybody knows about the shepherd boy that killed the giant. Amen. I mean, it wasn't just a stroke of luck. It was God. It was God. That's what's in the Bible. I mean, he, he killed a giant. A shepherd boy killed a giant. But there's a whole lot more that surrounds the story than just, you know, somebody getting lucky with a slingshot. No, the whole thing was orchestrated by God, His Word, and the covenants of God that were upon the earth at the time. All God needed was was somebody willing to cooperate with that covenant, willing to fellowship with Him through it, to build a relationship through that fellowship. And then when the time came that the entire nation needed deliverance, He was there. And God didn't care. He was 17 years old. Amen. He knew his heart. Listen, David was not a perfect man like none of us are. We're not perfect men. We're not perfect women. But what made him unique among his peers and among others was his heart for God. No matter what went on in his life, he always turned back to God. He always repented. He always got things right. And he had a lot of bad mistakes and things that happened in his life. But in the midst of it all, he proved that the grace and the love of God was greater than the law that Israel had. He proved, literally, that the mercy and grace of God was available to all men at all times. He found out how to tap into it. He was literally a man that found out a little bit about how to live in the, in, in the New Testament and did it literally on credit. Oh, we'll get to that later. That's good stuff. Amen. So we were, we were looking there at all the, all the things that had gone on to get him there. Let me read these notes I was making as I was studying uh, earlier this week. It says, David understood character and the drama of life and worked it to his advantage. Now, you say, what does that mean? All of us are going to go through the drama of life, no matter what it is. Do you realize that? But the character that you build serving God can determine whether that drama you go through works against you or for you. The Bible says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. The Bible also talks about all those that pray in the Spirit in Romans chapter 8, that all things will work together for their good. Now, I've heard that people misuse that scripture for years when they talk about breaking their leg. And, well, all things work together for your good. No, no, all things don't work together for your good. All things that are in the plan of God and the will of God for your life, they work together for your good. Amen. But the enemy's always trying to delay the answers of God or, or try to deny them outright by trying to get you into doubt and unbelief. So, listen to this. This is what was unique about David. He stayed in his lane... And that same godly character led him into God's exaltation instead of relying on self-promotion or others to promote promote him. Now listen to that again. That's profound. He stayed in his lane. You say, what do you mean by that? Listen, he was anointed to be the king of Israel probably when he was 14. And then through a bizarre set of circumstances, he ended up about a year and a half later in Saul's palace 
as a minister unto Saul and had the favor of the king. Amen. And as he continued to, to, to live out that, quote, drama in the midst of that, it could have worked against him if he would not have done the right thing. So when Saul and all the armies of Israel left, he packed up and went back to Papa's house and said, what do you need me to do? And under parental authority, his dad said, I want you to go to the battle. It wasn't a prophet. It wasn't something prophesied, you know, a hundred years before. No, it was just, just obeying what dad said. He showed responsibility in leaving the sheep with a keeper. He showed it again in leaving uh, the carriage in the hand of a keeper. Amen. And he runs into the battle to see what's going on. And in the midst of that battle, all anybody could see was a giant that was too big to fight. But all David could see was a, who is this uncircumcised enemy that he should defy the armies of the living God. He had a different perspective. Listen, faith in God will give you a different perspective in things. I don't care what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Faith in God that the Word of God produces will give you a different perspective. David had a different perspective. And that perspective was positioning him for an incredible confrontation. Now, as we said when we begin to teach on this, the reason we don't like confrontation, it's not comfortable. And sometimes it's not pretty. You ever notice that? But there are some things we must confront in our own lives, in our own minds, in our flesh. Some things in our own behavior sometimes that develop that we've got to confront before it turns into a giant. Because you don't want some giant problem in your life dragging you out of the move of God right in the midst of an outpouring of something that God desires to do. I don't know if you've noticed the things been going on around here lately. Just this tremendous anointing working in our services. Sunday morning, Sunday night, I was like, my goodness. I got home, I was like, man, what happened? <laughs> it was glorious, amen. Well, see, there's something being accelerated, something being turned up. We see it on the other side, but it's also happening on this side. Thank God that it is, amen. amen. So David took that same character and learned to stay in his lane. He didn't get out of his lane and begin to say, hey man, I'm supposed to be king around here. Samuel came to our house, poured the oil on my head. Y'all need to get out of my way and let me do what I'm called to do. No, that's not what he did. Thank God that's literally the thing in his life that helped him actually become the king after being anointed so young. And you got to understand something, church. <laughs> when you got born again, you got anointed. Amen. And you might have tried to step into all the fullness of God has for you right then and there, but that didn't work. Because it takes a lifetime of maturing in the things of God and learning how God operates, learning His ways and His thoughts, fighting off the devil and all the garbage He tries to bring, and just staying in there and hanging in there in the midst of hell itself. You learn something if you just hang around for a while. Amen. Amen then you stay in your lane being what God's called you to do. And the same character that delivers the kings and the powerful men and women in the kingdom of God will deliver you no matter what. God's no respecter of persons. Let me read that again. He stayed in his lane. And that same godly character led him into God's... Now this is so good. God's exaltation. That's what you want. Self-promotion or man's promotion is nothing compared to God's exaltation. The Bible says, do not be weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you don't faint or if you don't give up. 
Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, 1 Peter chapter 5, that he may what? Exalt you, lift you above the ability of you to lift yourself up. See, th this is what God's doing in your life. So if, if you don't understand it, this, this is help you understand it. This is why some of you are having such confrontations. It feels like you've been fighting a devil for weeks or months, sometimes even years. It feels like you really haven't had any breakthroughs or great miracles that you need. But if you'll just hang in there, what you will see is the faithfulness of God in your life will prove itself true as you endure the ability of the enemy to get you to try to give up, but you won't do it. And you stay, you stay in that lane and you don't try to be something that you're not or try to go somewhere before you're supposed to be going somewhere like that. God's exaltation is when everybody knows that's who did it. That's when promotion comes into your life and people don't say, well, you know, that person did it or he did that for himself. Everybody goes, that had to be God. I know that knucklehead. <laughs> Amen. That's got to be God. It's got to be God. Amen? Amen. His fellowship with God his entire life carried him through mistakes, disobedience, and failure. But his success had a ripple effect that blessed everyone connected to him, including the nation. Want me to read that one again? I thought that was pretty good. That's why it pays to meditate on the Word. His fellowship with God, his entire life, carried him through mistakes, disobedience, failure, but his successes had a ripple effect, a ripple blessing effect that connected and went out to everyone around him. When he, listen, when he defeated Goliath, it affected everybody. Thank God it did. Or they were fixing to lose the whole thing. Amen. Other, other great victories that he had, even when he was running from Saul, things that God delivered him from. I'm telling you, it was awesome what God did for him. And in the midst of it, everyone connected to him. They tasted of the spoil. They enjoyed the victory. Amen. Sure, some of them, some of, some of them had to march through the Kidron Valley with him, but then they marched back in victory. It wasn't that there was no testing or trials or fiery arrows of the adversary. It was all around. But it's, I like what Psalms 110 says. The Lord said unto them, my Lord, rule thou in the midst of your enemies. Did you know Israel still does that? It rules in the midst of its enemies. You say, why? Because that's what God said to do. Now, let's pick up the story. How's my time? Oh, I've got a few minutes. We looked at, at David coming to the fight. His brothers weren't happy. You know how it is. You're always going to have opposition. People that don't agree with what you're doing, why you're doing it, or how you're doing it. Amen? But if you do it by the Word of God, thank God God stands by His Word. Then his reaction to the giant, he saw the same thing, heard the same thing, experienced the same thing, and where the army was dismayed and greatly afraid, David said, what does the guy get who kills this guy? Now his words were rehearsed before Saul. And Saul called for him and said, bring, bring this guy to me. Saul knew who he was. That's David. You know, you know Saul, the guy that's been playing the harp? When those, when those demon spirits come on you and he plays and you get refreshed, he's here. 
And this is what he's been saying. He's saying, hey, what's the reward for killing this guy? He's saying, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And, and Saul goes, well, bring him on. So he comes up to Saul, and Saul's the first one that speaks. He says, David, you're not able to go fight this thing this guy. He, listen, he's a man of war. He's been a man of war since before you were born. And you're, you're just a shepherd boy. But David had a testimony. Thank God for testimonies of victory. David said, you know, there's lions and bears where I keep sheep. Where, where, I, where I tend sheep, there are lions and bears. And lions came out and bears came out. And I chased them away and I took the lambs away from them. And I grabbed them by their throat and I choked them to death. I'm going to read you a, a message Bible in just a minute. That's exactly what it says. I choked them to death. And he said, the same God, the same God that helped me do that is going to help me kill this giant. Now, listen, here's the key. We, we started this with this intention or this purpose is to get you out of a defensive position where you're just trying to recover yourself of things that have happened to you. Maybe they're self-inflicted. Maybe the enemy has attacked you, but you're on the defense and you're not going to get very far backing up. This is to turn you around and to make you confrontational so that you will rise up against the giant or the lions and the bears that are trying to steal, kill, and destroy in your life and demonstrate the victory of God and live in its blessing. That's exactly the will of God for your life. Exactly the will of God. So here's David, and he runs up there, and he's like, man, I can do it, I can do it. And the guy's like, you can't do it. And he says, listen, I killed a lion, I killed a bear, and the same God that helped me kill the lion and the bear is going to help me kill this guy too. And Saul said, go and God be with you. Saul gave the authority of a nation over to a 17-year-old shepherd boy. Now, here's why. And here's why a general didn't try to take Saul out or someone else didn't say anything or do anything because every one of those Jews knew the covenant of God. They knew that God had said, I will bless them that bless you. I will curse them that curse you. I'll be with you always, even until the end of the year. I mean, they knew the covenant of God, but they would not act on it. They would not speak it. They would not stand on it. They would not act on it. They were... Sorely afraid and greatly dismayed. That is exactly what will happen to you. You say, well, pastor, I really don't want to fight like that. I, I'm just believing God will do something. But you know, that's all well and good. But I'm busy. Don't have... Listen, it will overwhelm you what your enemy will do. He does not play fair. He is a rat. He plays by the worst possible uh, rules you could ever think of. The scenarios that he comes at your life in. He always comes at your weaknesses. Always comes in places when you're down and out. But you've got to make a decision to get up and not fall back, but to get up and to push back. I like what one preacher said years ago, about time you got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And quit saying, God, when are you going to do something? And you start doing something with a two-edged sword of the Word of God in your mouth and the power of the Holy Ghost and the name of Jesus in your life. So, now the talking's done. <laughs> Has that ever happened? Let me read this. Can I, I brought my glasses. They probably make me look crazy. I tried to get Leah to bring me my cool glasses, but she wanted me to look like this. <laughs> Let me read this. I love this. I was reading this and meditating on this in the message. Hallelujah. 
It says the Message Bible, I'm, uh, it's kind of vague on how the scriptures run, but I think it's verse 30, about verse 31, 32, right in there. The things that David were saying were picked up and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. Master said, David, don't give up hope. I'm ready to go fight with this Philistine. Saul answered David. He said, you can't go fight with this Philistine. You're too young and inexperienced. And he's been fighting. He's been in this fighting business since before you were born. David said, I've been a shepherd tending sheep for my father. Whenever a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I'd go after it, knock it down, rescue the lamb. If it turned on me, I'd grab it by the throat and wring its neck and kill it. Lion or bear made me no difference. I killed it. And I'll do the same thing to this Philistine pig who is taunting the troops of God alive, God who delivered me from the teeth of the lion and the claws of the bear will deliver me from this Philistine. Saul said, go and God help you. <laughs> Amen. Woo, go and God help you. Saul outfitted David. As a soldier in armor, he put his bronze helmet on his head, belted his sword on him, all over his armor. And David tried to walk, but he could hardly budge. David told Saul, I can't even move with all this stuff on. I'm not used to this. And he took it all off. Listen, don't think that you need some great, great saint's armor or some person's great ability that you don't have. Only if, only, if I was only this person or that person could be there, here. No, you got faith in your own heart. Your faith will work for you. You say, how much faith do I need? He only needed one smooth stone. Amen. Now notice this. This is when confrontation begins. It said, David took his shepherd's staff and selected five smooth stones from the brook and put them in the pocket of his shepherd's pack. And his sling was in his hand. And with his sling in his hand, approached Goliath. Now, I know there's all, all kind of good teaching on the, on the five smooth stones. And I know that, that, that uh, Goliath had four brothers, all of them killed by David's mighty men. So your victories inspire victory in others. Can I get a better amen than that? Your victories inspire victories in others. But now notice this. It says, as the Philistine paced back and forth, his shield bearer in front of him, he noticed David. He took one look down on him and sneered. A mere youngster, apple-cheeked and peach-fuzzed. The Philistine ridiculed David. Am I a dog that you come after me with a stick? And he cursed him by his gods. Come on, said the Philistine. I'll make roadkill of you for the buzzards. I'll turn you into a tasty morsel for the field mice. David answered, you come at me with a sword and a spear and a battle axe. I come at you in the name of the God of the angel armies, the God of Israel's troops, whom you curse and mock. The very day, this very day, God is handing you over to me. I'm about to kill you, to cut off your head, to serve up your body and the bodies of your Philistine buddies to the crows and the coyotes. Now, see, most people, they say, well, Pastor... You've got to be really careful what you say about the devil. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. He say, man, now, you know, you read all that stuff and then you talk about the devil, how he's to be, but you better be careful. I'm telling you, the devil's around. Let me tell you something. He's the very dude I want to hear all of. I want him to hear all of this. 
coming out of me so that he'll know that's what I know about him. That he is defeated, that he is under my feet, and he may be big as an entire nation or the world itself, and I may be as small as a field mouse, but my God is bigger than his God. Amen. And no matter how big my giant may be and how small my stone may be, my God can take any word I fling at him and turn it into a miracle in the kingdom of God. I like what one preacher said. He said, all the armies of Israel, all they could see was that Goliath was too big to fight. He said, but all David could see was he's too big to miss. That's the biggest target I've ever had to shoot at in my life. You say, this is the biggest problem I've ever gone through in my life. I've got a health problem. I've got a financial problem. I've got a problem in my home and in my marriage. My kids are a problem. I'm telling you, I've got a problem in my job. I've got a problem everywhere I go. I've got good news for you no matter how big your problem is. All you need to do is to get you some smooth, small, smooth stones that have been in the brook. You say, what do you mean by water is a type of the word. Amen? A rock in the Bible has always been a weapon. When it wasn't a weapon, it was used as an altar. I better, I better be careful and get back over here. I might have you shouting, amen? So you pull what comes out of the Word and worship in your life. And I like what he did, what he was saying by picking five. You say, what was that? He wasn't afraid that if he missed with the first one, he's going to do it again. You say, it didn't work. Do it again. Well, it didn't work. Do it again. Quit saying it didn't work. Amen? See, that's what a lot of Well, it didn't work. How do you know it didn't work? Well, I don't feel any better. Well, how do you know that God's not working some greater miracle on the inside of you? The Word is working, but it's working in an unseen realm. The Spirit of God is working, but it's working in an unseen realm. Listen, and as, as long as you move forward aggressively, offensively, what moves with you? The Word moves with you. Now listen to me. The Word moves with you. The Spirit moves with you in an aggressive manner, an aggressive posture. But when you back up, the Word still stays in that place in which you were, in which you were moving forward. And you've got to come back up into that and start moving forward again. And thank God in between the two places, God will give you mercy to get back to that place. But if you don't get back to that place, what are you going to do? Problems will overwhelm you if you let them. Now notice this. Let me close with this. Here, here, here we are. We're in, the, we're in the middle of confrontation now. I mean, this is it. It says in verse uh, 48, it says, that roused the Philistine. Amen. Uh, that means he got, he didn't just say, oh my God, oh my God, somebody's speaking the word. I'm going to run away, run away. And neither will your devil. You're a giant. What, what is, see, now Goliath is getting into an offensive posture. He's fixing to turn loose and run at David. Now confrontation will do that for you. You'll rise up, begin to declare the Word of God, and get into that offensive posture where you say, I'm telling you, I'm taking this blessing. Amen. Devil, you're not going to have my health. You're not going to have my prosperity. You're not going to have my joy. You're not going to have my peace. I'm not going crazy. Amen. Amen. Amen? And you move forward 
don't be surprised. If your problem gets up and begins to come at you, and in that confrontation right there, we're going to find out who's going to win this thing. We're going to find out who's going to win it right here. He says, that roused the Philistine, and he started toward David. But notice this. And David took off from the front of the line, running toward the Philistine. He matched the aggressive posture of the giant with his own aggressive posture. He said, I'm running, but it ain't from you. Some of you need to hear what I just said. He said, I'm running. I'm running, devil, but it ain't from you. It ain't from you. It said David reached into his pocket for a stone and slung it and hit the Philistine hard in the forehead, embedding the stone deeply. The Philistine crashed face down in the dirt. That's how David beat the Philistine with a sling and a stone. He hit him and killed him. No sword for David. David ran upon the Philistine, stood over him, pulled the giant's sword out of its sheath and finished the job by cutting off his head. When the Philistines saw that their great champion was dead, they scattered running for their lives. The men of Israel and Judah were up on their feet shouting. They chased the Philistine all the way to the outskirts of Gath and to the gates of Ekron. Wounded and Philistines were strewn along the Shererim road all the way to Gath and Ekron. After chasing the Philistines, the Israelites came back and looted their camp. And David took the Philistine's head and brought it to Jerusalem, but the giant's weapons he placed in his own tent. Wow. Now, all my Bibles I have have this. David prevailed, Goliath failed. David prevailed, and Goliath failed. David prevailed. But now notice, he had to bring this thing to a fight, to a confrontation. I mean, I mean, right to the place where he's like, okay, you know, you're getting up. Come, okay, let's go. You gonna, we're going to do this. The talking's done. Many times that's when God's speaking to you to do something in faith, to act in faith. Lee and I can remember many times in our life where we were things we were believing God for and speaking the word and binding the devil. Then all of a sudden it came time to, to act on that. And we're standing there going, oh, we don't have the money. We don't have the direction. We don't have the faith. But you know what we did? We acted on what we had. And when we acted on what we had, it, it may have been just as small as a small rock. Amen? Your, your giant is no match for your rock. You just got to get that rock close to you. Close enough to where all you see is that rock. Then when you let that rock go, it's going to be literally need-specific or target-specific. The Word of God in your mouth is what God uses as a directional system to get His Word into the earth. Now listen to me again. That's why I say, well, you know, I, I can live with that and I can live with this. Listen, there's so much more to it than just your life and your need. It's that spirit that's in you that's in the earth right now that's withholding all the wickedness of, what the, of that which the devil wants to do. You say, what does the devil want to do? Exactly what you see in Ukraine is what the devil wants going on worldwide 24-7. Yeah. Do you know that? Yeah. And did you know he's working very hard to do that? Yeah. But you've got to understand in the, middle, in the midst of that, there is a force and there is a power, First Thessalonians, that withholds. 
That means Satan cannot do everything he wants to do the way he wants to do it right now. He is not loosed upon this earth to do what he desires at his will. So God exercised his authority not from heaven because his authority is not in heaven. Now most people go, now preacher, you done gone too far. Well, I tell people you need to read your Bible. God has put that authority in you and you are the church. And we are the withholding force upon this earth. And when we are gone, the enemy is going to run rampant upon this earth. God's going to deal with the nation of Israel over things that are in the old covenant. And then Messiah is going to come to this earth. And honey, you think this world has seen something. The Bible says, Jesus said, of those days there has never been a day like that. And after those days there will never be another one. And we're alive in that right now. So you think you might, well, Pastor, I can just, I can sing a little song and everything will be all right. No, it won't. You're going to have to get the Word of God in your mouth. You're going to have to get up off of your blessed assurance (laughs) and begin to speak, now listen to me, to your giant. You want your giant to fall, he's going to have to hear your voice. What killed the giant? The stone? The sword, here's what killed the giant. The word. When the giant began to curse David by his gods, he stepped over a bloodline. That was the blood of those animals that God cut in half from their nose to their tail and laid in what was called the alleyway of blood. When Abraham walked in that alleyway and received circumcision in order to be a part of what God was doing in the earth. That bloodline began, and when anything that is not of God crosses that bloodline, it crosses over into God's territory. You need to hear that again. You say, what do you mean by that? When anything crosses that bloodline and steps into God's territory, that's what that disease is trying to do. That's what that financial problem, that marital problem, that problem in your business with your kids, whatever it may be, is trying to step across that bloodline and say, I'm here. Some God, somebody's got to shove it back. You say, how do you do that? By faith in the Word of God in your heart and your mouth. By speaking and acting on the Word of God, becoming confrontational. Quit waiting around and say, what's God going to do? What's God going to do? Say, thank God I can do something about this. Amen? You know, we pray so much for God to change things. But it's been our experience that God's really not as concerned about changing things in your life than He is changing things in you. Because he knows if he can change things in you, things are going to change in your life. Amen? So right now, there's a real strong pull and a push of the Word of God doing what? Kind of like a spiritual mojo, just molding and working in the hearts of men and women, women, trying to get them into that position of victory in these last days. Where no matter what comes upon this earth, we'll walk above it. Just like the ark of God above the waters of judgment. Same thing today. You say, well, is the judgment of God coming upon the earth? Yeah, but we're not going to be here. But right now what's happening is the wage of sin has come into manifestation. Man has had 6,000 years for sin and unrighteousness to, like a cancer, eat on its soul and mastate into the wickedness that it is now. All of the things that are going on with the, with the foul things of this earth. Listen, we don't even need to talk about it. The Bible says not to talk about it because it's unholy and unrighteous. But the wage of that sin is manifesting in the open door for the adversary 
to begin to come in and do things upon the earth. But the Bible says where sin doth abound, that's where grace does much more abound. But somebody has to walk in that grace, declare that grace, and stand in a position in which that grace can work for them in Jesus' name. Amen? Does that help you tonight? Lift your hands and thank God. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that the entrance of your word brings light and life to us, that forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Thank you for the supernatural. Thank you for the miraculous. Thank you for that which you do, Father, that's exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. Thank you, Father, that you keep us by the power of your word, that you protect us by the revelation of that which you've showed us. You are the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd of our lives. And by your words, we are kept and protected. We declare no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. The angels of God have charge over us. Thank you, Father. A thousand could fall at our side, 10,000 on our right hand, but it would not come nigh us. Only with our eyes will we behold and see the reward of the wicked. Thank you, Father, for the fire of God stirring and burning on the inside of us. That we stand in the victory provided for us in Christ being a problem to the devil upon the earth, an answer to the prayers of men and women, that our victories and our successes will have a ripple effect in blessing the people of this island and this area and the rest of the world in which you send us. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you as we leave tonight and we walk in faith and love towards you, in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave for the, as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood. Empowered by the Word and anointed by the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.